fun, thoughtful, real conversations with leaders who figured out how to make a life change and who used their story to move themselves forward. I'm Deborah Muniz. Let's figure it out. Today, I welcome Diana Spaulding to the podcast. Diana is a midwife, the digital education editor at Motherly, and the author of the newly released book, Hot Off the Presses This Week, The Motherly Guide to Becoming Mama, Redefining the Pregnancy, Birth, and Postpartum Journey. This is the resource I wish I had when I was trying to get pregnant, was pregnant, and after I had my babies. According to Motherly's 2019 State of Motherhood Survey, 85% of mothers believe our society does not do a good job of supporting them. Motherly asked thousands of women in their community what they needed in a pregnancy and birth book and also consulted with dozens of experts, OBGYNs, fertility specialists, pediatricians, doulas, lactation consultants, and more. This collective wisdom shaped the motherly guide to becoming mama. Today, I speak with Diana Spaulding, and we talk about how motherhood leads you to your superpowers that you never knew you had. We dive into the power of making mistakes and creating boundaries to be a better mom. We talk about coming to motherhood with love, not fear, and of course, we dive into the book. And we check in with Diana about pregnancy during the pandemic, and she offers inspirational words for pregnant women and moms to take care of their physical and mental well-being during this time. Motherly is redefining the pregnancy, birth, and postpartum journey, and I hope today's podcast and the book provide you with the support and strength you need wherever you are in your journey before, during, or after pregnancy. Let's figure it out with Diana Spaulding. So hello, my name is Diana Spaulding, and I am Motherly's Digital Education Editor. I am also a certified nurse midwife, a pediatric nurse, a mother of three, and I wrote Motherly's newest book, The Motherly Guide to Becoming Mama. That's, it looks amazing. It looks Thank like it's, it's the new must-have book for women who are thinking about getting pregnant, who are pregnant, who were pregnant. Um, it just looks like that new, up-to-date, necessary book for, for women to know what they might need to do to get pregnant, they need to do to be pregnant, and they need to do when they become a mom. Thank you so much. That was um, that was absolutely our intention in um, in creating the book. So thank you. <laughs> Good. I appreciate that. You know, when I first was hearing about it, one of the things that I loved so much was that it included really the before, during, and after. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I was pregnant 15 years ago. You know, the, the internet wasn't as robust, but also the book options weren't as robust. And I found myself buying you know, like six or eight books mm-hmm. versus one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, the whole experience, I just, I feel like there, there is so much information out there. And that's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing, but it's overwhelming. You know, it can be hard to have to kind of piece it together. So it was really important to us in writing this book that it was, you know, incredibly holistic and comprehensive so that people, you know, could just sort of focus on one resource if that felt like the best option for them. So we sort of put it all into into one book that is uh, over 500 pages long. So it is, um, it's a beast (laughs) in a good good way. Yeah, yeah, it's, thanks. It's, needed. So it's, it's all in there. <laughs> and I and it it has a partner section or information for partners too. Yeah, we try to, you know, um as appropriate um put in, you know, tips for partners um and you know, partner mm-hmm. whether that is, you know, your your spouse or a significant other or, you know, just the person who is sort of supporting you the most through the journey, you know, a friend, a family member. So there's some tips on there, um, you know, how to help her with her pregnancy, you know, certainly how to help her with her birth. Um, and then, you know, also addressing that person's needs as well, because it is, you know, certainly an overwhelming yeah. journey for the person who is pregnant. Um, but it's a lot for, you know, anyone else in their life, too. And they they need attention and love as well. Yes, yes. And I love that you make that point, because... I, I mean, back when I had my journey, I just was focusing on getting pregnant. 
And then it's like, okay, mission accomplished, done. The rest Mm -hmm. is going to be fine, right? And there's so much more involved than just getting pregnant. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's a totally transformative experience, you know, and something Mm -hmm. that, you know, even though I was a midwife um, before I became a mother, like I didn't understand fully until I went through it myself. You know, there's just no way to sort of wrap your mind around what it's going to be like until you do it. Um, And it really, you know, this transition into parenthood touches every single aspect of your life. You know, it touches obviously your body, but it touches your emotions and your career and your hobbies and your bank account and your relationships and, you know, everything. Um, And so we really wanted to create a book that talked about all of that, that, you know, certainly has, you know, the information about like this, you know, your baby is the size of a, pineapple and this is what they're up to in there and all that stuff is great um and it's about celebrating um and being honest about you know the the journey that she is on as well um and making space for that and you know sort of allowing her to have the full range of emotions because you know we all we all come to this with very different stories and very different backgrounds um and we wanted to make sure that it felt um, welcoming of, you know, all of those experiences. So tell me about Motherly and how you became involved with Motherly and then how the book evolved. Yeah, absolutely. So Motherly is a modern lifestyle brand that is redefining motherhood. So we are, you know, first and foremost, a website. That's how it started um, over four years ago. Um, And we've just sort of grown by leaps and bounds over these years. Um, I have been with Motherly for um, three and a half, more than three and a half years. So I've been there almost from the start. Um, and they found me because I was, um, I wrote a couple articles and just kind of like put them out into the world and, you know, uh, coincidence, Love luck, it. you know, whatever, <laughs> however they found them, they found them. They reached out to me and just said, Hey, you're a midwife. Like we need lots of articles about birth and pregnancy. Would you write a couple oh. for us? And I said, yeah, that sounds great. Um, and I wrote a few and then I wrote a few more. And then we decided to make um, an online birth class, which I wrote and taught. Yes. Um, and then, you know, dot, 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 <laughs> three and a half years later, and it's my full-time job. Wow. The book came along um, we started, we've been working on it for almost two years now, um, but it was something that we had been sort of dreaming about um, for probably, you know, three years now. Um, and mm-hmm. just, you know, really felt like there was a, a need for, um, you know, as you so, you know, wonderfully said, thank you, you know, sort of the next big pregnancy book um, that felt modern and um, inclusive and holistic um, and really feeling like we, we wanted to create the resource that we wished we had when we first became mothers. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of had this moment where we were like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing this. Just, we're going to, are, are you? Yes. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Basically that was it. And, uh, and, and we started and we started and, and it's wild to, to wrap my mind around the fact that it's, you know, here now. It's pretty it's cool. So exciting. What was it like to just hold that book in your hand when you finished it? Oh, it's so many tears. I had no yeah. idea how emotional the process of writing a book would be. Um, I, mm-hmm. you know, I knew it was going to be a lot of work. I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be great. Um, but I didn't realize how emotional it would be. It really, I have compared it a lot to the process of like getting pregnant and giving birth. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it actually took me, um, nine months to the day to write the first draft of it, um, which is wow. wild. And that was not intentional. So that was pretty wild. Um, but, you know, you just, yeah, you just like you pour, you know, this is my, this is my world. This is my life, you know. Um, and so you just sort of pour all of that from your brain and your heart. Um, yes. And then to like get a box in the mail where you are holding it is, it's incredibly surreal. Um and and yeah. so cool, so cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, well, it's a fourth child. It's your fourth child. It is my fourth so, child. Uh, it is very much my fourth child. 
And so I know that something um, with motherly that's big are superpowers. Did yeah. you discover any new superpowers when you were, you know, writing the book? I that's I love that question. Um, you know, I think I did. I think the thing that I have learned about myself is that. Um, so I was I was never and have never really been trained um, as a writer. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I like you know took writing classes and college and stuff, you know, but I never, like, I wouldn't go to journalism school or anything like that. And so I find that the times that I try to, like, force myself to be a writer and be a good writer, mm-hmm. um, I'm not really very good at it. <laughs> the times where I sort of let that go and just kind of, like, type from my heart, I guess you could say, um, are the times where I feel like I do my best work. Um, And so this Mm -hmm. process has been a real exercise in sort of recognizing that I can trust myself, you know, recognizing that it's okay to, like, have this 10 p.m., you know, I'm just about to fall asleep, and I have this moment of, like, (gasps) I worried about this in pregnancy. She probably does too. And I like run downstairs to my computer and write about it for my heart. And, and that tends to be the, again, like the best work that I do. So it's been really cool to sort of lean into the process of, of this sort of heart centered work, because, you know, the, the book is very like, there's science in it, you know, it's it would be very important to us that everything be evidence-based and medically accurate, mm-hmm. of course, um, and right. there's biology and diagrams and, you know, all of that stuff is in there. Um, but, you know, wanting to make sure that it's not, that it was accessible and warm and, you know, nurturing and funny where it could be funny and thought-provoking where it could be thought-provoking. Um, and so we're allowing those two things to sort of marry each other and come out in the book has been uh, a very cool experience. Well, I love how you say that, you know, you had to lean into it and be heart-centered because I think that anything in life, and especially motherhood, when you try to force something and cram it, our kids know. Our kids know when we're trying to force something. Um, they're no when we're trying to, you know, yeah. push something down on them or you know make them do something. But it's when we, you know, take that breath and come from a more loving and calm place that we get more traction. And so it's so really interesting that you were developing and birthing this book more successfully from that place, the the centered place versus the pushing. That's such a that's such an interesting way to think about it, and it's so it's really so true. I mean, in the case of parenthood, right? Like every mm-hmm. time I've tried to like today we are going to have it's always like there's tears possibly for right? me, you know. It's like it's, yes. and the times where it's like you it, you just kind of sit back and exactly like you said, take a breath. Like those are the moments where you're in the middle of it and you're like, oh, like this. I didn't try yeah. for this. There's no way I could have planned for this. But like, this is the stuff, um, right. you know. And I think I think that that I mean, like, what a metaphor for parenthood and life, and you know, and yeah. all of it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that I also love when I was reading about the book was how you talk about becoming a mom doesn't mean leaving the woman that you are behind. Mm-hmm. and that you're going to discover superpowers you never knew that you had. Because I think that's 110% true and kind mm. of like a super amazing gift that you never know you're going to get when you have a baby, that you're going to yeah. discover all these new amazing things that you can do and also amazing things about yourself that you never knew. Yeah, it's so true. It's such an interesting um yeah, just an interesting journey to, to go through. Um, and I think, you know, we sort of have this, or at least I had this idea of like what a quote unquote good mom looked like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, before I became a mother. Um, and then I became a mother and am still becoming a mother. <laughs> you know, that's why the title is Becoming Mama, because you're never done. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. and, and learning that like, oh, like that's not the type of, like this image that I had is not the type of mother that I am, but that's okay because I have all these other 
you know, skills that I didn't know that I had. And, you know, um, so it's been, you know, an interesting personal journey. Um, And really, like, one of the biggest pieces for me is really encouraging moms to mother from an authentic place um, and give them permission to be themselves um, and sort of lean into what their superpowers are. I... I'm just not a fun player. Like I, my kids will sit down with me and they'll be like, mom, let's play whatever. And within 14 seconds, doing it wrong. And I'm not fun. I'm like, mom, don't do the voices. No, do the other voices. You know, the whole thing. I'm just like, I'm not a good player. But there's Good to know. Yeah. But like I throw like a great kid's birthday party. And when one of my kids is sick, like, I couldn't be better. You know, so, like, that, those are my superpowers, and they're the things that I'm not, you know, great at. Yes. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. I don't totally. have to force myself to – I mean, I keep trying to play with them, even though I'm bad at it, apparently. But, you know, I don't have to <laughs> to force myself um, and feel guilty for the things that maybe right. I'm not as good at. Um, and I, I really want to encourage, you know, brand-new moms to to know that from early on, to know that they can trust themselves, um, to know that they yeah. can trust their inner voice and their intuition, and that like you know maybe you've never held a baby before. That's okay. Like that right. that will come. You will figure that out. Like you you're going to be able to love this baby, and ultimately that's all that matters. Yeah, I love that you said all of that because I think women put so much pressure on themselves Mm -hmm. to be whatever perfect means. I mean, perfect does not exist. So it's some vision you have in your head of what that mom is. And, you know, maybe you think if you do X plus Y equals Z at Harvard, right? And it's not a formula. And it's, you know, when you just follow your heart and what you feel right is for your family and for your child, that's when it will line up according to how it should line up for you and your family. Yeah, it's really true. You know, and it goes back to, you know, the trying to force the perfect activity or the perfect day. You know, the reason that that doesn't work <laughs> is right? it's forced. Um, yeah. yeah, but just sort of trusting that, you know, I always say if you're doing it from a place of love, you're doing it right. Um, you're going to mess up. You know, I make mistakes every day. We all do. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, if your kids feel that you love them, it's going to be okay. And making mistakes is okay because it shows your kids that everybody does make mistakes. And um, it, it shows how to admit that you make a mistake. And, you know, I don't know about you, but my kids love it when I make a mistake and they're yeah. really happy to point it out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm happy to point it out too so that they can see how I recover from making that mistake or how I admit, yeah, I did that. Next time I really should do this. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's funny. I try to make a conscious effort because it's, it's, you know, this is new. Like the, the society that we live in does not generally sort of encourage mistake making and, you know, failure. And those are all like pretty negative, you know, words. Um, So it feels awkward, but I find myself, you know, like my kids are young, they're eight, five and four. So, you know, I'll still, I'll, I'll say things like, oh no, mommy spilled the milk. I feel upset, but I'm going to clean it and it will be okay. Like it feels so awkward to to say those things (laughs) in the kitchen, but yeah, like I try to call attention to it because you know, I hope at least, like, what a gift that is for them to to see, you know, not only do they not have to be perfect, but also, like, they can be gentle with themselves, and they can recover, and they can be resilient, and, and all of these things that, I guess, I hope, you know, in these little silly, you know, moments of the day, we can sort of try to convey to them. Yeah, and it goes to you know, how you self-nurture and um, mm-hmm. help yourself to thrive in a way that fills your soul versus a way that somebody else might do it. So true. It's so true. And that's, you know, that's something else that I try really hard to say in front of my kids um, is mm-hmm. to say to them, like, 
mommy needs to go take care of herself for a few minutes. Um, you know, and they'll get mad. Mom, I need you to do this. Mommy, blah, 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 blah. And I'll just say, you know what, mommy, mommy's feeling really um, overwhelmed right now. So I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go for a little walk because that makes my body feel good. And then I'll come home and I'll be able to help you better. You know, and in the yeah. moment, they're annoyed at me. Um, but my hope is that that's modeling behavior that will mm-hmm. sort of ingrain itself um, in them yeah. as they grow up. And also acknowledges the fact that in that moment, like, I am actually feeling overwhelmed, and it's okay for me to take care of me. <laughs> you yeah. know, so in some well, ways, I say it for them, them, but I say it for me, too, you know, like, it's okay, mom, you yeah. can go take care of yourself, you're important, too. <laughs> yeah, and you're teaching them boundaries. Yes, which, yes. which is huge. Um, I, I lead a, a working mom's group, and one of the, the conversation pretty much always comes back to creating a boundary because mm. we have so many things as moms and working moms going on that we want to make work happy. We want to make our kids happy. We want to make our husband mm-hmm. or ourselves or our spouse or our partner happy. And the lines get so blurred that if you don't carve out and make boundaries for whatever you need, you just get depleted. So true. I um I can't remember because I would love to attribute this to the person that I first heard it from, and I can't remember who it was. But talking, they were talking about how this idea of boundaries like feels selfish, but really right. creating boundaries is like the least selfish thing you can do. Because yeah. you know when I create boundaries with exactly all of those people in my life that you mentioned, first of all, they it's easier. You know, once they understand what my boundaries are it's easier for them because they know like, oh, okay, after 8 p.m., like mom is really tired. So <laughs> so I'm going to yes. like make sure that I am like, you know, I, I respect that boundary of hers and talk nicely to her. Or, you know, my husband knows that like, yeah, you know, this, this type of joke after I've had a really long day, like isn't <laughs> funny. And so like it's in his best interest. <laughs> not those kind of, you know so and and the same thing when like when my boundaries are respected by everyone in my life I am happier and healthier for it and can therefore give of myself more completely so I'm a better mom if I've taken care of myself so really setting up boundaries um it's really hard you know especially as a woman um I think we yeah. have this idea that we have to like please you know, people please and be there for everyone and, you know, right. all of that. But when, when we take care of ourselves truly, um, mm-hmm. we are better able to care for the others in our lives. Yeah, and it's, it's back to the, you know, putting the oxygen mask on oh, yeah. first um, yeah. versus, you know, shooting yourself yes. and, you know, I should be doing this, I should be doing that because that would make me a good mom. It's like, no, the oxygen mask helps you to be the good mom. Right, right, exactly, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, just the thought behind how you guys wanted to organize this book and the content. Uh, You said you really wanted it to be, you know, that before, during, after, and include the partners. Um, Let's talk about how that just came to be that you wanted it to be that inclusive. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, it was interesting. We, one of my philosophies as a midwife, um, and this is connected to your question, I promise. Um, one of my philosophies as a midwife is that it is not my job to tell women what's important. It's my job mm-hmm. to listen to them and then respond accordingly. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I could be seeing a woman for her prenatal visit and, like, Maybe I have an agenda of things that I need to get through, but if she's really stressed about something, she's, she doesn't care about my agenda because she has her own reality. And so it's my job as her provider to attend to the things that she needs help with most. And then we can get to, you know, the boxes that I have to check off or whatever. Um, and so, you know, I really wanted to write this book with that same philosophy in mind. So before we ever started writing, we went to our community and we asked um, over a thousand women to respond to questions about what they needed this book to be. 
Um, you know, what do you like about what's out there? What do you not like about what's out there? Um, what, you know, how do you, what feels good in terms of organization? Um, what are topics that feel really important? All of that. And then we started writing so that the book felt more like a response to mm-hmm. a need. Um, so that has been, you know, a very cool part of the journey. Um, and there have been, you know, certainly many moments in writing it where I've gotten stuck. You know, I've said like, oh, should I, should I go sort of with this or should we prioritize this? Uh, and I would ask people. I would put out a call to the motherly community and I would say, hey, listen, like we're stuck on, you know, we're stuck on this concept. What's important to you? And people would answer and then we would move forward. So that's that great. Piece, um, yeah, that piece felt exciting the whole time. Um, and then, you know, one of one of the things that that we were really aware of in the creation of this book was the role of fear. Fear mm. has a an incredibly profound impact on all of us, um, but particularly in pregnancy and birth, and, and there are you know a million reasons for that. Um, but people talked a lot, women talked a lot about the role of fear in pregnancy. And so a lot of the creation of the book was figuring out how to present information that was accurate, evidence-based, not sugar-coated in any way, but also not fear-inducing. Um, you know, so one of the things that we did we decided early on is we we have a section in the back of the book where mm-hmm. you can go and look up um, you know symptoms of pregnancy or complications of pregnancy or sort of those intense like testing that you might have to go through during pregnancy so there is information all of that information is in the book when you want it you know so if you're That's reading great you know, you're 32 weeks pregnant and like you've had a bad day and you're not in the mood to read about something that might feel scary, like don't read about it. <laughs> read about it I when love you want that. it. there for you. Thanks. Um, so that was one of the things that was important to us um, in the creation. So, you know, the first like half of the book or something, um, you know, is sort of goes chronologically. And then the second big chunk of the book um, is like a resource section where she can flip to the specific information that she needs. I love that because it's, it, it, just to get that fear every other page and to have that be a state of what you're reading this book and experiencing your pregnancy is just not necessary and it's not good. And when you're ready for the reality or you need to look up something, you're, you can go to that section. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and some people, yeah. everyone's going to choose to use the book differently. Like some people are going to read that right. section first page to last, you know, and like, mm-hmm. great. Some people aren't going to touch it. Most people will probably yeah. like flip to the things that, you know, pertain to them and, you know, move on. Um, but yeah, you know, fear is, it's such an interesting force and something that I work with and through um, all the time as a midwife, um, you know, because our culture is just is one that there's a lot of fear around birth. Um, you know, we really are pretty removed from, from birth right now. Um, you know, we, most people have never seen a birth um, or maybe mm-hmm. have seen one or maybe have just seen it on TV and goodness knows that is generally pretty scary looking and pretty intense. Um, so we, it's scary, you know? Um, and so I feel like part of my job um, as a midwife and as an author is to, to talk about, again, to talk about pregnancy and birth in a way that is real, but empowering. Mm-hmm. You know, what's so interesting. And when I was you know, learning more about the book, I never had fear about having a baby Mm. It was, I, I had a, a tough journey to get pregnant. Mm. And like the first few months I was like, yeah. okay, I just want to be sure it's okay. And then when I crossed yeah. that, crossed that like three month threshold, I was like, I'm golden. And then it was fine. And, but I do wish that somebody had told me, um, it, you're going to, you know, be swollen or you might need to be sewn up or, um, you know, this and this might happen to your body. So it's yeah. great to see that you guys are including all of 
all of those different things that, that could be happening um, that nobody tells you. Thank you. Yeah, we, um, we need to do a better job, you know, as a nation um, of taking mm-hmm. care of women during the fourth trimester, you know, this sort of the yeah. three months. Well, I mean, really, years and years <laughs> after right, you have right. a baby. Um, but there's kind of this like, okay, good job, like, you know, pat her on the back and send her on her way. Um, when really, you know, many people find that during those sort of first months of motherhood, you're, you're pretty vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's everything from like, oh, I didn't realize that I was going to bleed for a couple of weeks after I gave birth. Right. Um, yeah. To like, why, what are these emotional swings that I'm going through, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we have an entire section in the book that's about the fourth trimester um, and sort of the emotional journey, the physical journey, the taking care of your baby journey, because um, that's, that's all yeah. part of it too. Yeah, like what happens, like when your milk comes in, right? Like yeah, you know, right? all these things that you just don't know. You're like, oh, my God, what is going on right now? What is happening to my body? I know. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> and, so, and not feeling, yeah. you know, weird or shameful. Yeah. And, you know, whether you choose to do, you know, breastfeeding or not, you know, just making those choices and, and feeling okay with yourself. Yeah. Yep. And that's where, you know, it goes back to trusting, you know, trusting that you can trust your own decision making and you can, yeah. you know, um, you, that you will be able to figure it out, even if it all feels mm-hmm. to you, you know? Yeah. I think that the um, breastfeeding decision was one of the first kind of like mm. motherly decisions I made from that okay. point of knowing because I just was like, you know what? I need to sleep. I'm not going to be a good mom if mm-hmm. I am getting up every two hours. And so making that choice to not do that Mm -hmm. and was like, okay, I just know that this is the right decision for me. And another mom is going to make a totally different decision and that's totally fine for her. But that's what I knew was right for me. And so it was a moment where you just, you know, I was able to, at least in that moment, say, I'm good with that decision. Okay, one decision down, probably many more to go. But that was one of the first times kind of that knowing decision had to be made. I'm glad. I'm so glad because, yeah, the, I mean, the breastfeeding thing, I mean, that, you know, that is just huge. It's just a, so, huge. It's such a huge part of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we we tell women, you know, well, no, it's natural and it's great and it's, it's amazing. And it is natural in that it is the thing that your body does. Um, but just because it's natural doesn't mean that it's easy. Um, and right. there, you know, for some people it is, um, and for some people yep. it's not, and for most people it's somewhere in between. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I think it comes down to expanding our ability to have empathy for people yeah. um, and to really understand that, again, like everyone's story is different. Everyone's history, yeah. everyone's body, everyone's baby, everyone's birth, like everything is just different. And we, we cannot judge a person for the mothering decisions that they make because we yeah. just don't know. We just don't yeah. know what it's like to be them in the same way that they don't know what it's like to be us. Um, and so it's just about, you know, exactly like I love the way that you put that. Like one mother makes this decision. Great. Like I made this decision also great, you know, um, and, and sort of doing it without the judgment of others and the judgment of ourselves um, is something that, that we all need to continue to work at for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. And so then it walks you through, so the book goes you through, goes through all the trimesters into the fourth mm-hmm. trimester. Um, I love how you have a section about um, love and the village, postpartum love mm. and the village and returning to work because so many mm. books are not talking about returning to work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for noticing that part. Yeah, we have every month, actually, of pregnancy, we have, um, you know, sort of these um, sort of buckets, I guess you could say, of content that we we mm-hmm. cycle through every month, Love and Village being one of them, nourishment, you know, food being one of them, fitness being one of them, and work being one of them. Um, you know, and the thing that I stress in the book is that work, like, 
work is going to happen. It's just a matter of where that work is going to happen. You know, um, right. like I, a, a pet peeve is, you know, when people say like, oh, are you going to work or stay home with the baby? <sighs> like, hmm, yeah. well, all of it is work. <laughs> it's just a matter yes. of where the hours are divvied up, you know. Um, Absolutely. But our sort of how we spend our days, whether that's in a, you know, a job that we get money for or, you know, taking care of little ones or some combination of those things. Um, it's, all, it's all work and it's such a significant part of our own identity and that yeah. changes significantly when you become a mother, um, often in ways that you could never have anticipated. Yeah. So, you know, we really wanted to make sure that the book gave her space to explore all of those aspects, you know, everything from like how to tell your boss that you're pregnant, you know, and what are your yeah. rights and, you know, how to plan for maternity leave to like, well, how do I start thinking about it if I actually don't want to go back to my, you know, job that pays me money <laughs> after yeah. I have a baby yeah. when that had never been my plan all along. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and looking at like, what else? Like, what are the other things that take up the hours of your day? You know, um, your other, like, hobbies and your calendar and your commitments and volunteer. Like, all of that stuff is such an integral part of our lives. And pregnancy yeah. and motherhood impacts all of it. Oh, you don't know what's going to hit you. <laughs> you just don't know until you've got that baby how it's going to be. Yeah. You get the emotions, right? You love this baby so much, and it's your priority now. It right, right. Um, but it's it's interesting because we also like, you know, people have sort of these like expectations of themselves, you know, and yeah. then feel guilty about it, right? So like, yeah, I definitely meet you know lots of women who who planned to be you know quote stay at home moms and get like two months into their maternity leave and they're like, whoa, I love this baby, but like I need to talk, like I need to go back to my office. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see if I, I need my brain to. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then people who, who think like that they are, you know, want to take a super short maternity leave and get back to the office and da da da, da and then find that that experience is totally different. Um, and again, many people who fall sort of somewhere in the middle there. Um, And again, it comes back to empathy. It comes back to understanding that, you know, what works for you isn't going to work for me. Um, And also understanding that, you know, we don't all have the same choices. You know, we don't all have the same resources um, and the same options. So, you know, somebody may really wish that they could stay home with their kids full time, but like they can't because they're the primary breadwinner or, you know, um, they need to make health insurance or that, you know, all, all of these things come into play. Um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big picture thing for sure. I think that's huge. That's something that women, I'm not saying all women, but I think that as a culture, we need to work on just letting a woman make that decision and not shaming yeah. her either way uh, because, yeah. I mean, I've, I've known women who, you know, maybe took a couple years off And so they got their, quote, non-working mom group, and then they go on to work. And then are they kind of not in that group anymore? Uh And now they they want these other moms that maybe understand their new life. And, you know, just being open to, like, hey, be whoever you want. You're still my friend. I still like you. Maybe we can't see each other as much if you're working, or maybe I need to meet you for lunch when you have a lunch hour. But just letting each other be who they are instead of making women fit into a certain segment that, okay, you can only be friends with those people. Right. Yeah, 100%. And also, like, how much more interesting is life, right, when we all do the things that we want to do and have our different lives? Like, how boring would it be if, like, we all did made the same choice. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and also I think like within just within your sort of career as a mother, it, it changes all the time, you know? Um, oh yeah. Like I would imagine that when I'm guessing here, but like when you became a mother, you probably didn't think that like, I'm going to become a mother. And then one day I'll start a podcast. Like, 
it, <laughs> right? Like it just, it evolves in ways that you yes. never could have planned for. Um, and it's so exciting and it's scary and it's, but I think encouraging each other to make room for those assessments and then reassessments and sort of being like, Hey, this was working for a while. And now it's kind of feeling yeah. like it's not working anymore. It's okay to change this, whatever that means for you. Um, and I think that we see that a lot. I mean, in relationships and everything, but I think a lot when it comes to our careers, um, yeah. And, and doing jobs that we never thought we would do. Or, I mean, certainly that's how motherly started. You know, our two founders were mothers and then were like, oh, this is a real need. So we're going to start this company. Um, yeah. But they, they couldn't have planned that when they first, you know, entered the workforce out of college, right? No. Um, no. So sort of giving yourself the permission to to reassess and make changes as you move forward in this journey. Absolutely. I'm huge about just leveraging your experience and pivoting mm. to what's the next thing that feels good. And, you know, there's a reason that you maybe had this career and this career and this career, because that's all now going to lead up to what you're going to do next. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And I think that yeah. we have this idea in our culture where, like, work has to be hard. Like mm -hmm. work has to be, you have to struggle and it has to be, and certainly you have to work hard at whatever the thing mm -hmm. is to do. You know, things aren't going to come, like you have to put in the work, you have to put in the time, of course. But there's also a lot to be said for just sort of saying like, hey, this is something that I've just kind of always been interested in and like I've just kind of always been good at it. Maybe yeah. I could turn that into the thing that also makes me money. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. maybe there's a way that like I could take that experience that you said, you know, that I had 10 years ago and have always sort of remembered and really loved and like delve deeper into that now because I have sort of more life experience or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but again, sort of going back to your earlier question about superpowers, like how can I, how can I turn this thing that I love like into an opportunity that will like be a career for me maybe and will like make the world a better place, you know, that will yeah. be beneficial to, to other people as well. I think that it goes back to, yes, the superpowers and what you were talking about before about leaning into the heart center and not yes. forcing things because when we try yeah. to fit into those confines of what society wants us to do and we like push and hard and I'm going to do it and I'm going to make it, versus, oh, what comes innately and what feels good and doing it from that heart because you're going to bring that heart center to it and that love versus like, okay, I got it done and I did it really hard versus, oh, I'm having a good time doing this and then you make yeah. it even better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it's not, it's not all, you know, amazing you know it's not all joy right. I mean I like I love my job and I get stressed out and I you know get upset mm -hmm. and I you know like that, that it's not yeah. going to be awesome but I think at its core like again you know trust your intuition like it's okay to to like yeah just pause and just say like wait a second like w this is the thing that I love I should do that <laughs> yeah at least to the extent yeah. that you're able to yeah yeah. So let's um, shift for a minute. We're you know talking right now during the pandemic, and mm. this will come out, and I think that this is still going to be the state of our new normal. Yeah. Um, as a midwife, what message would you have for the women who are about to have their babies during this? Mm. I always feel like I want to just, like, hug pregnant people um, on like yeah. baseline and now I like <laughs> I want to so badly and for so many reasons like that's not acceptable yeah. so <laughs> yeah. I, it, this is an unprecedented this is an unprecedented time this is every day we are learning new things and it seems like for everything that we learn we have 10 new questions and we are stressed on a 
deeply profound global level. Um, and we have, I mean, talk about fear and, yeah. you know, it, this, this is, I mean, this is so intense. <laughs> this is so intense. Yeah. And to be pregnant right now um, during a time, you know, pregnancy is a time of incredible strength and incredible vulnerability at the same time. And I think that both of those extremes um, are going to sort of shine even brighter during this pandemic. The vulnerability, um, the the fear, the not knowing, you know, who's going to be able to come with you to your birth, not knowing what the experience mm-hmm. is going to be like, being scared of, you know, being around the infection. Um, right. You know, that, that piece makes you feel so much more vulnerable, but so too is the strength piece. I mean, I always say to people, like, once you give birth or, you know, and the, and the same for, like, once you adopt a baby, like, once you be cross that threshold into motherhood, however you do that, like, there is nothing that you can't do. Women that are becoming mothers during the pandemic, like, are you kidding me? Like, right? like there is a level of just strength and fierceness that I – still can't even really wrap my, my brain around. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I would say to people like, remember that being brave is not about the absence of fear. It's about being afraid and doing the thing anyway. Um, And so mothers now need to know that like they're, they are brave. They have the ability to get through this and to do this. And also to remember that even though like social distancing and isolation, these are like words that we're saying all the time now in our daily vocabulary, Mm -hmm. we feel so alone, but we have never been more connected as a like society and a human race and all of that. Um, And so I really would encourage mothers to, to the extent that they want to, to like lean into that feeling of connection, reaching out to, you know, their providers, local community, you know, whoever it is and getting that support. And the last thing would be, you know, taking a real proactive approach to, um, to their mental health. And I think this goes for every single human being right now, um, especially pregnant women, but, you know, everyone. Um, I am of the belief that everyone should, like, have check-ins with therapists Mm -hmm. from time to time, at least. Because, like, we see the doctor once a year. We go to the dentist every six months. Like, what about (laughs) our brains? You know, like, what's happening up there? Like, our brains need support, too. And this is an incredibly, like, this is, like, prolonged stress that we as, like, fragile humans are going through. Um, And for Mm -hmm. people who are, you know, about to become mothers and are at risk already for things like postpartum depression and anxiety, really encourage people to explore the option of, you know, virtual mental health um, therapy sessions or things like that, even if they don't have like a diagnosis, you know, um, talking through concerns, developing some coping skills now can be and will be incredibly helpful moving forward um, as we, you know, continue to get into this and as they really cross that threshold into motherhood. I think that's a huge, huge point that I really hope that when people are listening to this, that they take that away, whether they currently have a, a mental health specialist that they see or that they find one now, because mm-hmm. even if you're somebody who thought, I'm fine, I'm good, I don't, you know, have whatever, um, it's, it's a time where, where anxiety is popping up, where even oh, after yeah. this, it's going yeah. to pop up. It's, yeah. You know, like that trauma could come back in different yeah. ways and different, you know, fears. And so it's just really important for yourself and for your family and for your kids and your well-being and your future to have a resource to help you sort through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just to kind of like untangle the, Mm -hmm. 
you know, like I feel like my sort of brain experience through this pandemic so far has just felt like this ball of yarn that's like all tangled yeah. up in my brain. You know, I'm like, ah! like what's this, yeah. this, 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 you know, and so to have strategies in place to to deal with the untangling, if you will, um, mm-hmm. can be can be incredibly helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. So to wrap it up. What would you like to, you know, if you could have just to, to tell women who are pregnant and picking up this book, what would you hope that they get from that book? Mm. I, gosh, so many things. Um, no, you know, I think it goes back to the piece about trusting their intuition. Mm-hmm. I want women to, um, I want women to feel proud of themselves. You know, mm-hmm. and, and the pride doesn't come from, like, achieving a certain type of birth or sort of checking off the right kind of boxes. Because as we were saying, like, those boxes are going to be different for everyone. And they're going to be different for you wherever you are in your life. You know, they're going to evolve. Um, I want women to be proud of, of how hard they've worked of the sort of emotional and physical journey of, of all of this. Um, and like to feel kind of like a warrior at the end of it, you know, to feel like, wow, like that was really different than I ever could have planned. And like, I did it. Like, look at me, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the goal that I have for all the women that I work with, you know, whether in, they're in labor or they're just, starting their pregnancy journey, um, you know, I, I want them to look back at their birth or their adoption process or their, you know, whatever it is for them and to say, like, I'm a goddess. Look what I did. <laughs> look what I did. Because it's really, I mean, I've been a midwife for 10 years now and I'm still like, wait, what? Like, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, still amazing. Like, it blows me away what people are capable of, you know? Um, and I want people to see that in themselves um, and start motherhood with that confidence and that like, you know, that, that pride. Many thanks to Diana for joining me today. I loved speaking with her and I'm so excited for women at all stages to benefit from her new book, The Motherly Guide to Becoming Mama, Redefining the Pregnancy, Birth and Postpartum Journey. It's an inclusive, holistic, evidence-based guide for pregnancy, birth and the postpartum journey created for modern moms by the experts at the Motherly Online Community. Visit Amazon and check out this valuable resource. And you can learn more about Motherly at mother.ly.com. I'm Deborah Muniz, and you've been listening to Let's Figure It Out. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Deborah Muniz or at DebraMuniz.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast at iTunes fun, thoughtful, real conversations with leaders who figured out how to make a life change and used their story to move themselves forward. This is Let's Figure It Out.